the nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you are in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us again for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am your host, Leanne Meyer. Our show today is on paying it forward. I'd like to preface it with a few of my thoughts. I've had an amazing, wonderful, very challenging, confusing, successful, introspective, joyful life, and um, a career that has been intermixed with growing pains, sorrow, illness, challenge, doubt, and insecurity. What's important about this is that this statement can be made by nearly every person, and probably nurses, that I've ever met. It took me halfway through my life to realize this is not an exceptional truth, but simply a unique reality for all human beings. Why is it that we are so inspired by people with horrendous difficulties in life, overcoming them and finding or making joy wherever they are? It is because we want to believe that it is also possible for us. All of us do have stories of revival, encouragement, inspiration, and succeeding against the odds somewhere in our life story. If you need a pick-me-up in this season of overwhelm and insecurity, I can highly recommend you read Donna Carrillo's uh, latest book, Falling Together, How to Find Balance, Joy, and Meaningful Change When Your Life Seems to Be Falling Apart. It's about her journey through hell and heaven in her nursing career, and she's very honest and straightforward with um, her account. Um, I felt very often that she was speaking my, or she was writing my words, or my life, and I think that there are many, many people who can say the same thing, that they have experienced similar things. Um, She was on this show in the third episode that we had, and we were talking about uh, having, knowing uh, the power that resides within yourself. Um, she also wrote an article not too long ago about uh, called Paying It Forward. And so in case you um, haven't, aren't following her, that uh, I wanted to just share one paragraph that she had in the article. In case you didn't read Pay It Forward by Catherine Ryan Hyde, or see the movie of the same name, the concept is simple. Commit random acts of kindness for others without wanting or expecting anything in exchange, and ask that person to do the same for another. In other words, rather than expect to be paid back for a favor or kindness, ask the person you do something nice for to pass it on or pay it forward to someone else. The belief is that your actions will have a ripple effect and that the world will be a better place for it. Hyde believes that being nice is the secret of lifelong success, and I, I believe that also. Um, many people might think that sounds Pollyanna-ish, but in actual fact, I think it is how people um, feel um, like they can keep going and feel inspired and feel um, like they want to reach out and help other people too. 
So in this season of hope and goodwill, let's take these few minutes together in joyful reflection and gratitude for the deeds done for us by amazing teachers, supervisors, managers, mentors, and role models throughout your career and how you consciously decided to pay it forward. I'll start, but feel free to share your personal paying it forward stories by calling 866-472-5792, or you can also connect with me on my email, leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. So my first nursing career gift was from the dean of the nursing school where I went to um, school in Duluth, Minnesota, St. Luke's School of Nursing. And we had all been told in orientation that a certain percent of the newbie nurses would not make it to graduation for various reasons. One of those reasons was uh, three med errors or complaints from doctors and or nurses about us. I came into this nursing program out of total fear. I grew up in the era of unrest and upheaval that was the Vietnam War, and I had two brothers who I felt were damaged by being in college. I decided that a diploma nurse program was the safest way for someone as naive, gullible, and insecure as myself to have a chance to find a career. I was pretty doubtful it would work, so I bought the cheapest version of everything they required, stethoscope, bandage, scissors, um, and shoes. When I started working on the hospital units, I had a natural inclination toward advocating for patients. I naively thought that doctors would be thrilled to have my ideas of how better to care for their patients. I was dead wrong. Even if they were open to suggestions from colleagues, they sure were not open to a student nurse's suggestions. Remember, this was the era of doctors as God. In a matter of months, I had a succession of doctors' dissatisfactions um, against me uh, because of my suggestions. Several wanted me dismissed. So on the third infraction, I went to the dean's office with knees shaking and ready to pack my bags. She said, throw you out? I wish I had a hundred more like you. It was the first time I had validation that my personality would set me up to be a good nurse. She even offered to give me a reference at any point in my career that I might need it. Believe me, I have always striven to give strong support for nurses who advocate for their patients and continue to do so now in my RN refresher class. We have a caller on the line. His name is Jim Lewis, and I'd like to bring him in. And how are you? Hi, Jim. I am great. So tell us about your pay-it-forward experience. Well, uh, I'm not a nurse, but I work with nurses in the state of Minnesota with a program called uh, Nurses Peer Support Network. And I have the, the privilege and honor of working with a whole group of nurses, some retired many currently uh, uh, nurses who are recovering from substance use disorder and they are helping other nurses that are in uh, their stages of recovering from substance use disorder through a a peer support network. Uh, We have meetings uh, throughout the state of Minnesota and meetings are convened by uh, uh, nurses who have volunteered their time and energy to uh, assist other nurses with uh, 
with something that's a, a critical uh, problem in uh, in the profession. Yeah, and all over the country, but also all over the world, and partly because it is so accessible to nurses uh, and doctors, but in this case, nurses. Do you have a, a story that you have heard of one of the nurses maybe really helping somebody? I've heard many stories from our conveners uh, talking about uh, individuals who indicate that uh, this program and the relationship with other nurses in a peer setting has saved their lives. Um, It is uh, incredibly important to know that you're not addressing a situation alone. And I fear in the profession there's way too much stigma and shame associated with something that we recognize in the medical world, or at least say that we recognize in the medical world as a disease. And uh, we're trying to help uh, people through that sense of shame and stigma uh, through the peer support network. And the stories are many that uh, uh, our conveners tell of people that have been helped through the program. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for letting us know about this. Do you know if this is only in St. Paul or is it uh, across the country? Uh, There are programs across the country. Uh, The one in Minnesota is somewhat unique because many of the programs in other parts of the United States are uh, handled through uh, the Board of Nursing in that state or through uh, uh, a state nurses association. Uh, Our program, the Nurses Peer Support Network, is a totally independent nonprofit organization. We collaborate and work with the Board of Nursing and uh, uh, professional nurses associations in Minnesota, but we are independent from them, and we think that's a strength that this program provides. But there are other peer support programs in uh, many of the states. I think right now there are 40-plus states that have peer support program for nurses, and I'm sure you could find out about uh, those programs uh, by uh, making contact with uh, the Board of Nursing or the Health Department in, uh, uh, in states other than Minnesota. That sounds like a great a, suggestion, Jim. I can give you a phone number for uh, uh, Minnesota's program and uh, our website, uh, if uh, if that would be appropriate. Yeah, why don't you give us your website? And I think the, um, are you, yeah, just give us your website, I think would be probably the easiest. Very good. And you can get all of the information from our website. Uh, our website address is N-P-S-N-E-T-W-O-R-K-K hyphen M-N dot org, O-R-G. <laughs> Maybe you better give us the phone number. I just hadn't thought about how hard it would be to hear all those letters, so try the phone number. Phone number is is six one two five zero eight three seven zero nine. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. And thank you for your program. You're very welcome. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, I also have a story that was sent in through the um, email, uh, leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. And her name is Becky Lilhai. She's a recently retired nurse manager from the Health Partners Clinic. And she sent me this story. 
um, she said that um, when her husband, or I'll read it, I'll just read it the way she wrote it, I guess. So when my husband of 18 years died at the young age of 41 due to a stage four malignant brain tumor, I went to nursing school and became an RN, graduating at the age of 46. I had to do something for all those non-medical patients that had no idea what their doctors were saying. We had some doctors and nurses that were angels, and we had some doctors that should never have become doctors. They had no bedside manner, and most of them would talk to me instead of my husband because he couldn't answer their questions fast enough. After two surgeries, chemo and radiation, we had an appointment to discuss the results of a recent MRI. Needless to say, we were very excited to get those results as we were hoping he had made some progress. When his oncologist finally walked into the room, it was to first ask us why we were there and secondly to tell us she hadn't even looked at uh, his MRI. She didn't know where he was at. I vowed at that moment that I would do whatever I could for another family that may find themselves in a similar situation. When his condition deteriorated to the point of needing home hospice care, the hospice nurses who came to our house in 1996, just 10 days before he died, were certainly sent by God as his best angels. After he died, I spent my first year in nursing school volunteering at North Memorial in their hospice unit, and I was there almost every day. They even told me at one point that they couldn't pay me. In my second year of nursing school, I worked as a nursing assistant, float and worked in hospice or the lockdown mental health unit. Being able to help those families was one of the greatest gifts I have ever been given. Great story, Uh, Becky. Thank you so much. And she wishes everyone a happy holiday. One of the stories I wanted to share was um, Dee Fraser. Uh, was a supervisor that I had in the night shift at St. Joseph's Hospital in Denver. It was my first job and a nursing school buddy, and I had uh, been hired specifically because of our diploma nurses training. Uh, We were put on the night shift on similar but different med surge units. Each of us in charge of the whole floor, 24 patients, with one aide. It was mind-numbingly stressful. I was striving for perfection and devastated when I would mess something, even something minor up. Dee was the mother of eight children whom she was basically single-handedly raising and providing for on her own. She would come in each night wearing Elton John glasses, a big smile, and something funny or nerve-soothing to say. She forced me to take breaks at night. I could see no way I had time for that while she found a relief nurse for me. I finally realized being exhausted and stressed did not make me a better nurse. She taught me to be mindful when giving narcotic medications, opening and locking the narcotics drawer. She would take the keys uh, when I would forget them in the drawer, and then she would kind of hang around until I figured out that I didn't have them. Mainly, she taught me to laugh at myself, by constantly laughing at her own missteps. I adored her and tried always to be less judgmental of others that I trained and be more supportive. I also learned to bring my humor to work 
And I found if I could laugh at whatever the situation was, everything started to get a little lighter and less serious and less intense. So um, when I left Denver, she knitted me a warm scarf and I still, it's like 40 years, almost 40 years later, I still have that scarf and I never fail to think of her when I see it. So she's listening. Thank you, Dee. Now we will take a break and we will be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. We are back in this Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse segment about paying it forward with stories of personal renewal and then giving that energy back to other people. Um, Please feel free to contact us. We've had a couple of callers and one person that sent an email uh, to me at leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. 
So um, I would like to bring in, we have another caller, and this one is Patricia in Apple Valley. I'd be just be delighted to have you come and share one of your Pay It Forward experiences. Yes, thank you, Leanne. Um, mine is about uh, returning to the nursing force after being in um, research, actually bone marrow transplant or hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. After many years of being in research but not in the clinical setting, I went back to the nurse refresher course at Normandale Community College, which was almost a three-month refresher course. And I really do believe they crammed about two years of knowledge into those three um, months. But I had an instructor who was incredible. She just knew how to diffuse situations, calm people, encourage them to finish. Her main heart and soul and and goal was to have people in a non-threatening environment uh, pass, but pass with having all of the knowledge that they came for. And I found that very inspirational that someone has such a heart and such a caring, as well as an expertise at putting people at ease. And it didn't matter if um, you were trying to, you know, pass your boards and had not passed it in the, in, you know, when we're doing a refresher in order to um, beef up for passing the boards. It didn't matter if they were people returning. There were young people. There were people my age, which is in my 60s. And uh, she just related in a very, very at-ease method. She was an incredible teacher using multimedia, multi-aspects, conversation, uh, groups, books, tests etc. And um, she just put an environment where no matter who you were and how you learned, she put that opportunity in front of you. And uh, that person was Leanne Myers. So thank you, Leanne. (laughs) Thank you, Patricia. That is beautiful. So how are you going to pay that forward? You know, I look at times in a very, (laughs) I look at times in a very, very busy world right now, and uh, you meet people that you would rather just as soon say they're somebody else's problem, or they need encouragement, but you don't have the time. And the pay it forward is to take the time, just as I needed you getting through the course and having it be in a non-threatening, non-tense situation, Somebody else needs to be encouraged that way also. And right now, uh, with an addicted son, having the knowledge that way, um, you know, in the last three years of that with alcohol, there are other people who have come forward where there are times I feel like I just don't have the bandwidth to help you. And yet I know that I was encouraged. Somebody came alongside of me. Somebody took the time to um, just let you know, me know that they cared, and that is helping me to say I received it, and so now I'm going to pay it forward, especially in that area. So that's about it, Leanne. God bless. I hope you have a wonderful uh, Christmas season and a very blessed New Year, and uh, keep up the good work. I enjoy your show. Hang on just a second, Patricia. Um, You had shared a story with me about um, the idea of, you know, people oftentimes want to help people, but uh, they think if it's in a short run, they can handle it, but then their commitment may go longer than what they anticipated. You had mentioned uh, a woman that... um, I think through your church you were caring, helping to care for and, you know, how that person stayed well longer than anticipated. Could you share a little bit about that, how you 
deal with, I've made a commitment, and how do I continue that commitment regardless of whether it's going longer than I had anticipated? Well, this young lady, her name was Mary Jo, is Mary Jo, and she had stage four metastasized um, bone cancer. And people with that diagnosis do not usually last very long. And so a year, year and a half ago, I made a commitment to her to come at least once a week, thinking that by, you know, the Christmas time, my commitment would be over last Christmas, not this one. And as it turned out, she has gone to alternative treatment and not the chemotherapy or radiation route. And uh, by doing those alternatives of high-dose chemo, uh, I'm sorry, high-dose uh, vitamin C and oxygenation and organic foods, etc. she is maintaining. She's not getting better, but she's not getting worse. And um, she has pain under control with both medical marijuana and with um, just, you know, pain meds. And so as time went on and it, it became more difficult sometimes to give her that one day a week, I had to let go and say, this is where you want me, God, and this is where you will find the time for me to be with her. In the course of a year and a half now, she's still going steady. I'm still finding time. She's been put in as a commitment of this is just like a a job in a way that you commit to that time instead of saying, you know, I don't have time for it. She's been scheduled in as that's just the way it is. And um, in the long run, what's happened is that I have come to love this woman, Mm. that I've seen a grace and a beauty, a non-complaining nature to her. And in the end, what I thought I was giving to her in truthfulness, she's teaching me on what kind of attitude and what kind of a beautiful soul she is in accepting her circumstances with quite a bit of grace and just not complaining and still looking out to um, do her best for other people. So she's been an inspiration. I find that so true so many times. We think we're helping someone else, and in effect, we're really getting the help that, you know, we didn't realize we needed. And so, right. I, 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 you know, again, as people are making that decision, can I really um, afford this time that I'm giving, quote unquote, giving away to someone else? Um, it's just so often that you discover you've actually found something. So well, I thank you for, too, go ahead. The other thing also is stop looking at it in terms of long, long, long. Look at it in terms of just, what do I need to do today? I can mm-hmm. handle this. If you put it in shorter segments, I can handle it to do this this week. I can handle it this month. You know, if you just bite it off in smaller pieces, the anxiety level stays lower, and you'll be surprised at how much more you can handle if you even just look at one day at a time. Yeah, I really agree what? with you on that. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Have a great so holiday. Enjoy. Thank you. Same to you. Bye, okay, bye-bye. I was um, so happy to hear that story from Patricia. I had an experience somewhat similar to that with a friend of mine that was not a close friend, but somebody that I had known um, kind of laterally for quite a while. And uh, I ended up moving um, about three and a half years ago, and it just happened that we ended up being a mile away from each other. And it was right at that exact moment that she also discovered that she had um, uh, multiple myeloma and was really struggling with that diagnosis. 
She had a, a wealth of wonderful friends, but nobody who knew really anything about healthcare and um, really even the enormity of what she was going to be going through. And so I volunteered to help coordinate the friends that she had to be there um, at whatever, you know, 24 hours a day for as long as it took. And she did, she was just so amazingly determined to break through this and um, that she did. And um, against all odds, against what her doctors thought would happen, uh, with the support and love of all of her friends, she was able to beat it and um, uh, went to the point where she was in, you know, in remission and was just going for follow-up appointments. I also, just like Patricia, I felt like I started out thinking, well, this is something that's a nursing thing that I'm doing. And instead, I found a deep connection with somebody that I hadn't really known very much about before and was able to just be amazed and impressed with all of the different ways. I think this was her fourth cancer that she had overcome. Um, So it just was so very inspirational to me. And again, that, that feeling that we think we're giving someone else, but in fact, we're getting so much more ourselves. Um, another story that I would like to share is one about um, Betsy Stites. And she is actually someone who has been on this show twice. Um, I introduced her, or actually she helped me introduce the, the um, program uh, with the first episode of Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. And um, that one was to introduce me to all of you. Uh, and then she returned to discuss creating a culture of caring, which is uh, the number one most listened to episode that I've done. And there's about 20 some episodes now. I've kind of lost track. So for me, Betsy was my mentor, my teacher, my boss, a role model, and eventually a friend to me. Um, although I had become pr- a pretty good nurse by the time I was around her, I was a cynical, negative, and insecure person. Betsy accepted me for the per- person that I presented to her, but she held a clear vision of the person I could be. Um, she saw my potential even when um, I was not so clear about it. So over a long period of time, she modeled optimism and curiosity for options in the midst of crisis, and we went through lots of them together. Um, she, when she asked um, how a class had went, um, I, I was teaching for her, and I would tend to, instead of focus on the things that had gone right with the class, and oftentimes the classes went very, very well. I would focus on the one or two things that had not gone well and would basically complain about them. And so she um, taught me by then kind of working our way back to thinking in terms of what did go well in the class and even, in fact, how well I was able to manage uh, the difficulties that came up with people that were unfamiliar to me or situations that were unfamiliar to me. And so uh, instead of seeing that you know everything went really well except for these couple of things, I was able to turn that um, perspective and say um, everything went well, including 
these uh, two or three things that were a really big challenge for me. She also gave me lots of ideas. So even though I may have been able to handle the situation, she gave me lots of ideas of what I could do in the future if anything like that happened again. So she was constantly looking at um, making sure that I could see my own growth and ability and at the same time show me what the next level was uh, to go toward. So um, she just taught me that each person was doing what made sense to them in that moment and how to hold them in the esteem of their potential best self with respect and praise for appropriate behavior. Without realizing it, I was training myself to get the best of the people I was working with and to realize I could do that for myself also. I owe her a great deal for my life and career, and I continue, as I've said before, having her on the show is always a great opportunity for me to uh, share her with other people and to make sure that the... the, um, the teaching and the, the uh, opportunities that she provides are available to other people too. So I try to keep in mind um, with every interaction that I have to look for what is that potential in that person instead of necessarily focusing on what they're uh, bringing forth in that moment. So that's that was huge for me. I uh, have another story I wanted to share and that was uh, uh, in uh, when I moved back from Colorado to Minnesota, and I was working at um, a small hospital uh, in um, St. Paul, and I was working nights. So uh, Elaine Whalen was my night supervisor when I worked on an OB unit, and she terrified me. She was, uh, again, a mother and sole provider of eight children who was direct and sometimes very blunt, but she was always patient with me. I was prone to a bit of panic when periodically all hell would break loose. We're all familiar with that if you've been a nurse for any period of time. I would call her and tell her to get some people in to help me. And she would come up to the unit and very calmly pull me away from the important work I was doing, which was really usually like running around with my head cut off trying to calm down enough to be able to figure out what I needed to next do. So she would force me to think through what is going on? What do I have? What resources do I have here? Uh, What do I need? And what would I do with them when I got them? So she would remind me that there were resources available within the hospital that she could enlist depending on what the most need was. She would help me reorder the work of those uh, we had uh, already working on our unit and then factor in how many people might be utilized uh, from the previous shift if they hadn't left yet or who, who might be able to be called in early from the next shift depending on the time. So I thought uh, she hated me <laughs> until one night I walked in with her and her daughter and she introduced me as the best nurse she had. And I was shocked and amazed um, to know that that was the case. So um, what I realized is that, well, first of all, I could have fallen over when I heard that. But uh, what she taught was critical thinking, one of the most basic nursing skills needed by every nurse. So going forward as a team leader, charge nurse, manager, 
and now most recently a teacher, I was able to pass those skills and how to teach them on to the next generation of nurses. Uh, many of those people have come back to me and have told me how much uh, they hated it at the time when I forced them to kind of slow down and think through, but it had saved them innumerable times. And that's really what I I got from her and what I like to think about what, what I can give back to other people. So uh, we are talking about paying it forward and... Um, This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, if you're joining us now. Uh, We are offering praise and gratitude for those who helped us in our career and how we uh, then paid that assistance forward to other people. So please share your story in the next segment at 1-866-472-5792 or you can contact me at leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a few minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and we are back. Um, We're talking today about stories of paying it forward. And this is a favorite topic of mine, and it just seems like at this time of year, it's especially important. We have, um, I've shared a number of different stories um, about my experiences with people who are wonderful to me. And we also had somebody who called in and was able to share with us the work that they are doing with uh, nurses who are retired or are uh, have gone through the experience of uh, dealing with um, uh, being addicted to uh, various different things and being able to support nurses who are in the field um, on how to get back on a good track for themselves. Um, I also had an email from a nurse who is recently retired from um, a manager position at Health Partners Clinic. And she shared a story about um, her husband dying at a very early age and then going into nursing um, for the specific reason of wanting to be able to help translate to the people um, that she uh, was dealing with, the patients she was dealing with and their families from what doctors uh, and other people who are in the medical field caring for their loved ones maybe um, did not do a very gentle job of translating to them or or to um, talking to them. Um, I'd like to share another experience that I had. Um, One of the people that I hold close to my heart is Colleen Hart, Um, kind of ironically. um, She had a big heart, and uh, so that name just seemed to fit very well for her. She was my clinical manager on an OB unit, and she hired me at one point as an assistant clinical manager over people that I really thought were uh, far more qualified. And um, at at various different times along the way, she explained to me why she had hired me, what the specific um, uh, aspects of my my abilities and my work as a nurse that she felt I would be good in that position. Um, She came uh, at one point, soon after she had hired me though, of um, questioning her decision when in my zealousness to do a great job, um, she started receiving complaints from six to eight of our best nurses. And they expressed that they felt I had a sort of bullying leadership style. Um, It was what I was trying to do was, you know, to just have the best possible unit. And so I was feeling under a lot of stress and um, that's what I was you know, projecting to the to my nurses was that they had to do everything in almost like a perfect format, which of course nobody can do. Nobody is perfect, and the more you try to push people in that direction, the less quality you get uh, from their performance, and the more they resent the person who's who's um, trying to put this on them. So that's what was happening. And many of these people were people I'd worked with for years and we had had a good relationship and a good connection. But when I got that hat of assisted clinical manager, um, somehow or another, uh, I became um, a monster, I guess I'd have to say. So um, I am actually really grateful to those people because in many situations, uh, they would not have perhaps um, told my manager and asked for her help to help me 
do a better job with this. It would have been very easy for them to try and get me fired and, you know, perhaps if somebody else uh, be able to get in there. So at any rate, I had, um, Colleen was a wonderful manager. I've had many, many wonderful managers and she's right up there with the best. So she hauled me into her office and strictly shared the complaints of people she assured me were people I respected, and that was indeed true. Um, She gave me six months to turn the situation around, and then she admitted that she really didn't think it was possible. So I... We, or she set a date with me to revisit this situation in six months, and I went home and I cried for three days. I just, I guess I knew in my heart of hearts that what I was doing was not the right way to handle it, but I didn't have a clue how else to do it. And so, um, because I'm a Buddhist, I chanted um, a lot for the next few days, and I went, I went back to work that following Monday. Um, I kind of sucked up my courage and I went to each and every member of my staff because I didn't know who it was who had actually put in the comments. I felt that if those people had put in a a comment about me, it was probably true with every member of the staff. And so I went back to each of them and I personally and face-to-face sincerely apologized to each and every person and I asked them what they needed from me to turn the situation around. They were all very forthcoming, and some of them were things that I guess surprised me. Um, It was a little bit hard to take. It was among the very hardest thing that I ever had to do. It was truly a blow to my arrogance, to my ego, and to my perspective that I was making our unit a great unit. So I... You know, I, I had to look at it from somebody else's point of view, and it was it was um, not pretty. So in about two weeks, uh, Colleen called, and then I really worked very, very hard to meet those requirements that each of those people had told me about. And so in about two weeks, Colleen called me back to her office and told me that each of her colleagues who had complained to her about me told her that I had managed to turn it around and they were no longer concerned. So... That had to be a big surprise, especially when she told me she didn't think I could turn it around six months. And I have to admit, I was pretty surprised, too, because I felt like I had a lot of work ahead of me. What I realized is when they um, she, she called me back into her office to tell me this, um, I was surprised a little bit. But at the same time, I just felt gratitude. That's all I could think of is just gratitude that this could have gone on and been a really horrible situation and instead I was given the gift of being able to make it better. So um, because she was an excellent manager and she modeled for me uh, best manager behavior by still holding that six-month review and what we ended up doing was we were able to celebrate the success that uh, we achieved myself but also each of the people on the unit and uh, Colleen. It had uh, become an opportunity for all of us to become closer and to be able to speak honestly to each other, and uh, it made our unit a much more positive place to be. I have never forgotten um, that the way that she handled that situation with me, and um, I have really tried to continue that and pass that on uh, to other nurses that I work with in every aspect. So um, one more uh, thing that I wanted to share with you 
was a number of years ago. It's, my goodness, 17 years ago already. Um, we, my company was in the process of building a brand new hospital. And um, it was, it was um, really an amazing undertaking because in Minnesota, for sure, there had not been a brand new hospital built in many, many decades. And so to be able to be on the ground floor of that was really um, exciting. And of course, everybody had their own ideas of what they wanted to do with that. Um, At the time, I had been injured a number of times, and so I was actually working in human resources, hiring nurses. And um, when we looked at all of the work that was going to need to happen in order for enough people to be hired to be able to open the facility when indeed the construction was finished, um, my group, my little group that I worked with in human resource development, we decided that we would volunteer our services and um, uh, help with the hiring. And so it was just natural for me to be involved in hiring the nurses. The other thing that was happening at that time in that uh, time period is that um, uh, many places, many hospitals particularly, were doing something called behavioral response interviewing. And I'm guessing some of you have probably Uh, had experiences with interviewing in that way. So instead of asking somebody what they might do in a certain situation, for instance, what would you do if there was a fire on your unit? Well, pretty much everybody knows what they're supposed to do in a situation like that, but not everybody does that. And so the behavioral response interviewing, the whole point of it was to be able to um, find out what they have done in um, situations in the past. And so um, one one of the questions, my favorite question actually, was um, asking people what they had done to go above and beyond. We got some of the most amazing um, responses from people. I, I have continued to remember them. Some of them, we would both be in tears, myself and the person who was telling the story. One of them that I, I remember I'm thinking of right now was a nurse who, um, she was working in a nursing home, and um, she had a patient who was dying who had only one son. Um, the rest of his family, I think his wife and most of the other people in his family were pretty much gone or dead or, or not available. And her son, uh, or his son, I'm sorry, worked as a salesperson and was out on the road. And this is during the time when there weren't um, cell phones and it was not quite as easy to get a hold of people. And so this nurse realized that this patient was dying and his request to her was that he didn't want to die until he could see his son there. And so she made every effort she could behind the scenes um, after her work time, just trying to uh, call people that he had said were friends or neighbors or, or people from his church to try and see if anybody knew how they might be able to get a hold of this son. And finally, uh, it took quite a while. But in the meantime, what she did was the man had some videotapes of uh, various different things, uh, parties and different things of his son. And so she played these videotapes over and over and over again Um, so that the man could continue to um, feel like he had that connection with his son. And finally, she was able to get a hold of his son, and um, they were able to get him there. And he had about an hour or so with his father 
before he died, and the father was able to talk and interact with them with him. And so as she was telling the story to me, it was one of those that she and I both ended up in tears and realizing, you know, that's the going above and beyond as a nurse that makes a difference in people's lives and in people's deaths. And those are the things that make me proud to be a nurse and uh, proud of the other people that I know have done certain things like that. So uh, we have come to the end of another show, and I want to um, thank you all for sitting in and listening to this, um, this Paying It Forward show. I'd like to thank all of you that are a part of our growing number of listeners. I'd like you to feel free to share your thoughts, questions, and ideas for new shows coming up uh, through my email, theannvoiceamerica at gmail.com, or through this host page. There is a place you can connect with me right on there. So please join us again each Monday at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Um, I guess I would like to, um, uh, well, I'd like to end with just a a thought, and Patricia and I kind of talked about it a little bit, but one thing I learned in the process of paying it forward is that those things that most frustrated me and other other people that I then um, decided that I would try to help with were the same behaviors that I had uh, done in the past and that someone had continued to believe in my ability to be a better person and treated me with that respect. So uh, until our next show next week on Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, make it a great day and don't let anyone take it away. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.